Um, I'm back. Wow. I, I've, I've done this one other time. Uh, my name is Kevin Jackson, and I'm an elder here at Windsor Road Christian Church. Uh, so I'm not the pastor, and, uh, and uh, so I'm kind of second string. Uh, but I don't want us to have low expectations, right? This is... Um, no, really, I think, I think God has something in store for us this morning. Uh, Randy, our pastor, is on sabbatical, um, so for the next uh, few Sundays, uh, they're gonna be se- he asked several of us to step in and offer the message. And our marching orders were, uh, speak, out, speak about something that fires you up, what fires you up. And uh, given some things that have happened in my life recently, and um, frankly, some of the things that have happened in the lives of the congregation here, uh, I've been fired up about peace. And so I'm going to be speaking about peace um, this morning. Uh, but I wanted to start by offering a word of prayer. So if you bow with me. Father in heaven, uh, you are holy and mighty and, and loving. And you love us so very much. And we thank you, God. We thank you for Jesus and this time together. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to worship as a community of believers. And we thank you for your peace and your word. I pray, Lord, that um, as we start this message, that I would just be moved to the side, Lord, so that, um, so that your message gets heard. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, I wanted to start by reminding those of you who may know and tell others who don't, especially if you're visitors, that I am not a preacher, right? I'm a teacher, and therefore, I'm going to have this little clicker thing, right? So I just didn't want you to go, what is he doing? You know, it's the magic stick or whatever, right? This is, uh, this is the clicker thing. Um, and I wanted to start by taking a look at a passage from Galatians, a uh, passage from, uh-oh, can we start the <laughs> Take it from the top, guys. Uh, we set? Yay, there we go. Passage from Galatians. Uh, so passage from Galatians. So in chapter 5, what Paul is talking about are the fruits of the Spirit. And what Paul says, he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think that my initial impression, I've seen this passage several times, and probably many of you have also, but my initial impression was that these fruits of the Spirit are things that are supposed to be internal, that are inside of me, right? And that's, uh, so I should feel these things if I have the Holy Spirit. And as a Christian, I, you know, I have the Holy Spirit so I should feel these things. But one of the things that, uh, that I think God has, has kind of been working on me with, um, and therefore something I think he wants me to share with you, is that, is that these fruits of the Spirit are meant to be shared. Right? They're meant to bear witness of the Holy Spirit within me. Right? And so, um, as I move from place to place, these fruits of the Spirit should be something that others see and share in, right? It should inf- affect them, infect them, if you will. 
And this morning we'll be talking about peace, so the idea is that we should be leaving a legacy of peace. That where we go, peace should follow. Okay? All right, so I'm going to be talking about this morning, um, how do we leave a legacy of peace? How do we do that? But I thought a good place to start is coming up with a working definition of peace. What is, what is peace? Well, if you look at dictionary.com, right, um, what peace is, at least the first definition of peace, is this idea of being in a state of, of tranquility and serenity, right, for you Seinfeld fans, serenity now, serenity now, right, some of you get it. Um, but, but that's my initial thought about peace, especially when I look at this, this passage from Galatians, right, I'm thinking about peace as being, hey, this is something that should should have this peace. I should feel warm inside and, and, and comfortable. Um, but there's another definition of peace, right? Another definition of peace that I, I think gets underplayed with this, pas- this passage from, from Galatians, right? And that is peace as the state of mutual harmony between people or groups, especially personal relationships. In other words, peace is being in right relationship. Peace is being in right relationship. Right. And this applies, this applies to this passage that we read about the fruit of the Spirit, being in right relationship. And what I want to convey this morning is that in many ways, it's this being in right relationship definition that allows us to leave a legacy of peace. Okay? So, as we talk about leaving a legacy of peace, I'm going to be discussing three dimensions of peace. And each of these dimensions... Each of these dimensions of peace allows us to leave a legacy of peace, okay? Three dimensions of peace. Uh, Peacekeeping, peacemaking, and peacefeeling. Peacekeeping, peacemaking, peacefeeling, three dimensions of peace that allow us to leave a legacy of peace. All right. So, peacekeeping. Let's take a look at peacekeeping first. And by peacekeeping, what, what I have in mind is maintaining right relationship with others. That is peacekeeping, right? Don't think of this image of people in camouflage with baby blue helmets, right? Peacekeeping, maintaining right relationship with others. And there is a great example in the Old Testament of peacekeeping. If we look at Genesis um, chapter 13... Um, we are given this narrative of Abram and Lot. And at this point in the narrative, uh, Abram and Lot are both very wealthy, right? Large, great number of possessions. I won't go into how they got the possessions because that's not a pretty story, right? But they both have accumulated great amounts of wealth. Uh, Abram is the uncle to Lot. Lot is the nephew. And they're hanging out together, right? And that's where we're going to pick up this narrative, uh, starting in verse 5. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. And the land could not sustain them while dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to remain together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Now the Canaanite and the Perizzite were dwelling in the, then in the land. So Abram said to Lot, and this is kind of what I want to pick up on. So Abram said to Lot, please 
Let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If to the left, then I will go to the right, or if to the right, then I will go to the left. Right? So what Abram is doing is he's saying, look, Lot, Lot, let's maintain right relationship. Let's keep peace. Let's keep peace. Another example is Paul's exhortation in, in Romans of this idea of peacekeeping. And in Romans uh, chapter 12, uh, I'll start in verse 17, but I'll give you uh, verse uh, 18 up here. Um, uh, Paul says, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. And here's, here's the key. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Keep the peace. Maintain right relationship as far as it depends on you. Okay? And this is important, right? This idea of keeping peace is important because it's keeping peace that allows us to leave a legacy of peace. Right? So, how do we keep the peace? Well, these two passages gives us, give us a couple of ideas about how we might go about keeping the peace. Uh, first, uh, we can anticipate the wants and needs of others. Right? If you remember this passage about Abram and Lot, what did Abram do? Well, he sees that there's not enough room, there's not enough space, and there's a fair chance that Lot, being the nephew, is not going to say anything about it. He's not in a position to do that. So Abram anticipates Lot's need and says, hey, you take, you take a pick. You get to pick which land that you want. I'll take whatever's left. But the whole idea was to maintain right relationship with Lot. When I think about the passage from Romans uh, and Paul, uh, from Paul, when he says, never pay back evil with evil, what that means to me is that I should be cool. Right? Be cool. Right? If someone says something to you or does something to you that you interpret as being mean, right? that they've slighted you, you shouldn't immediately slight them back. Right? Go after them. Instead, be cool. Think about how my reaction, how my reaction is going to affect my relationship. Is it going to allow me to maintain right relationship? Right? Keep the peace. Right? So, keeping the peace allows us, allows us to leave a legacy of peace. Now, if Abram would have made this proposition to Lot, and Lot would have said, guess what? Uh, that's a great proposition in all, Abram, but I want all the land. And so you need to be on your way, Abram. Well, see, that would be a, that would be a problem, right? Because, because, then, because then it wouldn't be about maintaining right relationship, right? Uh, something has happened. There's been a conflict. A conflict has risen, and they're probably no longer in right relationship. And in that case... In that case, we need to become peacemaking. We need to become peacemaking. Where peacemaking is restoring right relationship with others. Peacemaking. 
And a great example of peacemaking is, is the story of Philemon and Paul's letter to Philemon. And, and we see this letter. Many of you have, are familiar with the story of Philemon. But Philemon uh, was a fairly well-to-do leader of the church in Colossus. And he has a slave named Onesimus. And Onesimus apparently has taken something from from Philemon and fled. He's headed out. And he runs into Paul in Rome and becomes a Christian. And what does Paul do? He sends him back to Philemon. Sends him back to the master. And uh, he sends along with uh, Onesimus, he sends uh, one of his trusted partners, uh, Tychicus, and this letter, Philemon, this letter to Philemon, right, urging Philemon to make peace with Onesimus, right? Um, so I'm going to start reading in chapter 10, and verse 10, uh, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. I have sent him back to you in person, that is, sending my very heart, whom I wish to keep with me, so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything, so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion, but of your own free will. Uh, And this is the part to pick up on. In verse 15... He says, for perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while, that you would have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. In other words, make peace with Onesimus. Restore right relationship with Onesimus. And this particular passage kind of hits me a couple of different ways. Um, Because not only is Paul pointing out that we should be peacemakers, that when we're in conflict, when we're out of right relationship with someone, that we should make peace and restore that right relationship. But he's also setting an example for us. He's setting an example that says, that if we are aware of a brother and sister in Christ that are not in right relationship, that are in conflict, then, you know, we don't have to sit back and go, well, I hope it works out. I hope this plays out well. I hope the ending is good, right? Let me know how it went, right? No, what Paul is, what Paul is doing is he's inserting himself. He's saying, I am going to try to play a role in making peace between these two brothers in Christ. And that's a lesson for us, right? We shouldn't be hesitant to get a little messy if it allows us to help reconcile two brothers or sisters in Christ. Now, how do we peacemake? How do we peacemake? Well, I wish there were a shortcut, um, but it really takes two things. Two things have to occur in order to make peace. Someone has to repent and someone has to forgive. Right? Sometimes it's both parties that need to do both things. But there's got to be repentance and there's got to be forgiveness 
I mean, and there's got to be forgiveness in order for there to be peacemaking, okay? Key thing here, key point, is that both of these are decisions. We have to decide to repent. We have to decide to forgive. There is no statute of limitations that says, well, it's been a while, right? It's been a while, so it must be over. I just waited it out, right? That's, that's not peacemaking. That's not peacemaking. There's a decision that has to be made, a decision to repent and a decision, and a decision to forgive. All right. Uh, assuming that you buy that, which I think that that's what God has for sale, um, what does it mean to repent? What does that mean? So I just want to make sure that we're clear about what repentance is. And repentance includes three things, right? I acknowledge that I did something wrong. I did something wrong. I'm sorry for what I did. And, ooh, the third one, I intend to change. That's repentance. That's repentance. So what, given this definition of repentance, what is repentance not? What is not repentance? Okay, this is not repentance. Okay, I acknowledge that I did something wrong. And I'm sorry that I didn't understand how sensitive you were <laughs> to what I said or did. That is not repentance, right? right? Or uh, I acknowledge that I did something wrong, but I'm sorry that, I'm sorry that it, it, it rubbed you the wrong way and it offended you. I'm sorry that you were offended by what I did. Well, both of those, and people laugh because I'm guessing that that's like, not news to you, right? That you've probably heard that once or twice in your life. And there are times where you've probably said, well, they apologized, but it didn't feel right, right? Something wasn't good about, you know, maybe I should just get over it. They did apologize after they did say sorry. Well, the reason why you're feeling that way is because they haven't repented. And it's hard to forgive if someone hasn't repented, right? What else isn't? What else isn't? Repentance. Repentance is also not, I acknowledge I do something wrong, I'm sorry I did something wrong, but that's who I am. That's how I'm wired. Can't you just accept me for how I am? Right? That is not repentance. Right? That might get you out of trouble in the short term, but that is not repentance. Right? Repentance means that I acknowledge what I did was wrong, I'm sorry for it, and I intend to change. Right? And it's not easy. It's not easy. It's hard. But almost, well, perhaps even more difficult to do is to forgive. Is to forgive. Uh, forgiveness is, is hard. And uh, Ken Sandy wrote a book called The Peacemaker. Um, and in that book, he tells us what it means to forgive. Because I think, just like some of us may not be quite clear on what it means to repent, some of us also aren't clear about what it means to forgive. And what Ken Sandy points out, um, or what he calls the four promises of forgiveness. 
four promises of forgiveness. When you forgive, you make these four promises. One, I won't dwell on this incident, right? Which means I won't replay this incident over and over in my head. I won't dwell on it. Two, I won't bring this incident up again and use it against you, right? What does that mean? I'm sure none of us are familiar with this, but that means that I don't file it away, right? I take it off the table, but I'm filing it away for that opportune time to put it back on the table, right? That's not, that's not forgiveness. If that's, if that's what you're doing, that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is I won't bring it up again and use it against you. I won't talk to others about this incident, right? I won't vent. I won't say, I just got to get it off my chest and vent. Oh, you won't believe what he did. Well, yeah, I forgave him, but look what he did, right? That is not forgiveness, And I won't let this incident stand between us or hinder our personal relationship, right? Four promises of forgiveness. And this repenting and forgiving, this peacemaking, and that allows us to leave a legacy of peace. And as a side note, there's a couple of other reasons why 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 we should want to peacemake. One is, is the example of Christ, right? The example of Christ, the ultimate, the ultimate peacemaker. And it's, you know, uh, it's amazing to me that those four promises of forgiveness, those are the promises that God has made to us. Those are the promises that God has made to us. When he's forgiven us, he's made those four promises. That's amazing to me. Right? So that's one reason, an additional reason Another is that there's an enemy out there who is giggling and taking such joy when he sees two believers in conflict, out of right relationship. He's loving it. He's popping popcorn and saying, hey, let's take a look at this. Take a a look at all of that. Right? And the reason is because when we're out of right relationship with one another, then we've taken away an example of God's love. We've taken away a, one example of God's love. One example of God's love is our love for each other. And if we are in conflict and out of right relationship with, with each other, we've taken away that example and Satan is, is pleased as punch. Okay? All right, peacemaking, peacekeeping, allowing us to leave a legacy of peace. And this final idea I wanted to share with you is peace feeling. Where peace feeling is about having a right relationship with God. A right relationship with God. Um, so I want to take a look at in John. And, and John records uh, these words of Jesus. Um, so Jesus is, uh, he's basically, he's told the disciples, this is who I am. Now I'm not sure the disciples got it, right? I don't. I actually think they probably didn't really get it. But he's told them who he is. And he ends with this. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. In me you may be in right relationship with God. In me. In me you may have peace. Now, as Christians, as Christians... 
we can be out of right relationship with God. And this happens, this happens when, when at least either or two of these things occur. One is disobedience. When God has revealed to us what he wants us to do, and we say, looks good on paper, right? But I don't think so. Right? That's disobedience, right? Or when we are doing something, we're doing something that we know is outside the will of God. That's disobedience. And disobedience can take us out of right relationship with God. Right? And most of us, when we are in that situation, I mean, let's face it, most of us know what's right and what's wrong. We do. Right? And we try to make it complicated. Right? Well, maybe it's in this situation, maybe. No. Most of us know what's right and what's wrong. And also, if we're Christians, if you're like me, and I think most of us are like me because I'm nothing special, you know because you don't feel peace. You have that thing nagging at you that goes, this, this ain't right. Something's not right. Or, other than disobeying, we could also be neglectful. Right? When we haven't read our Bible, when, we, when we've taken prayer, we, we said we're not going to pray for a while, or even if we haven't made a conscious decision not to pray, we just fall away from prayer. Or we... You know, we don't, we don't worship with a community of believers or surround ourselves with believers. Um, that can take us out of right relationship, out of right relationship with God. Why does this happen? Why do these things, this disobedience and neglect, take us out of right relationship with God? Well, it's because both of those things fly directly in the face of who we are supposed to be as Christians. The basic premise of Christianity and this may shock some people, but the basic premise, what underlies Christianity is not that we love God. The basic premise of Christianity is that we submit, is that we submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's the basic premise of Christianity. And these things take us out of right relationship with God because they deny the lordship of Jesus Christ. Right? Right? And that's how, that's how God relates to us. Right? There's a king, and it's not us. Right? And, and on those terms, we can relate to God. Outside of those terms, we're in trouble. Okay? Now, um, peace feeling... Uh, peacemaking, peacekeeping, these all allow us to leave a legacy of peace. We can leave a legacy of peace through peacekeeping, through peacemaking, and peacefeeling. And, you know, one of the concerns I have is that you walk away kind of feeling depressed. Um, because these things are hard. Peacekeeping is hard. Anticipating the wants and needs of others, right? Not reacting when someone says something or does something to slight us, that's not easy. Repenting? Are you kidding me? Repenting? Right? That's hard. And, and there are things for which it seems impossible to forgive. I know. I know. 
Um, but there's a blessing in this, right? And I don't want us to miss it. I don't want us to miss that there's a blessing. That uh, I don't want us to miss that it's been that it's been covered. Because we have to remind ourselves that peace is not a fruit of our effort. Peace is not a fruit of our goodness. It's not a fruit of our upbringing. Peace is not a fruit of our bank account, of our social status, or any of those things. Praise God, peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. A fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, you ever, you ever uh, you know, look at those, uh, see a commercial for a DVD, right? That says, well, this movie was in the theater, but we have these alternative endings, right? These different endings. Well, see, that's kind of how I approached the sermon because I wasn't sure how to end, right? So I walked in going, <laughs> I have a menu of choices here. Um, but this is how I think I'm, I'm going to end this message. Um, Uh, you know, there are, there are those of us who are, uh, who are in some circumstances that are hard. And we may feel like this peace thing is just too hard to grasp. I can't get it, right? I, it's not accessible to me. But I think there's a threefold message for us this morning. One is hold on. Hold on. Two is stay close to God. And we, we can do that because we know what the right things to do are, right? Do the right things. Stay close to God. And three, trust the Holy Spirit to do its work. That's what we're left with. Trust. Trust the Holy Spirit to do its work. So may God grant you peace, and may peace follow you wherever you go.